Jersey. And Amanda. Jam Nation. The Uluru Statement is big on the agenda at the moment. The statement calls for the establishment of a First Nations voice in the Australian Constitution and a Makarata Commission to supervise the process of agreement-making and truth-telling between governments and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Government is keen to get this over the line, but the coalition doesn't think the plan is solid enough. Channel 10 National Affairs journalist Hugh Remington is on to explain it all to us. Hello, Hugh. I'll do my best, Amanda. <laughs> Can you first explain to us the history of, of the document? So the, if you start with the statement of the heart, from the heart, that emerged from um, a range of efforts that were being made to see if there could be recognition of First Nations people in the Constitution. And there was a thing called the Recognised Campaign that got funding uh, that was really not getting anywhere. They were going round uh, in Aboriginal communities and, and people didn't love the idea of merely going to all this effort just to get a sentence in there that recognised First Nations people. So then a whole bunch of of elders from across the country met at Uluru and they put together over a period of days a thing that they then called the Statement of the Heart, from the heart, uh, meaning the heart of the country really, but also from the personal heart, which mapped out uh, how they believed the country could move forward and central to that were three elements. One was that there should be a voice to Parliament from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and then leading from that would become what they called agreement-making, but others have interpreted as meaning treaties, and also truth, meaning a proper coming to terms with the reality of uh, European contact and its impact on the people who are here living already, uh, with all the sorts of euphemism stripped away about dispossession and, and really talking about what that meant in real human terms to the people already here. Mm. So that's where that went to. And then uh, Anthony Albanese took that towards the last election and then on the night of his victory speech announced that in this term of Parliament uh, he would bring forward a referendum, which is what's required to change the Constitution, uh, to put a voice into our national document. And, and, and the referendum, this is my take on it, First Nations people were here first, and we recognise that. Is that because I'm happy with that? Like that, if I, that, if that is that what the referendum actually is? Because when you look at it, it's giant word salad, and I'm I, I just get lost in what actually it is. If it's, I'm happy to. Who wouldn't be happy? But to I think the referendum is is um, giving them a voice in our constitutions, not recognition. It's practically right. having a channel through which their issues are seen. Is well, that I'm right? Well, I'm happy with that too. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really potentially both. It kind of recognises Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people by inference because in the speech that the Prime Minister gave to Gama, which is the big um, First Nations gathering of the Northern Territory, he mapped out what he thought were the words. And the words are simply this. One, there shall be a body to be called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Two, it may make representations to Parliament and the government on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and and the Parliament, subject to the constitutional change, will have power to make laws uh, with respect to how the... You know how the voice is formed up and what its functions are. So, really, the referendum that people are voting on is on the voice. It infers 
you know, you don't have a voice for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people unless you're recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Uh, but there's no kind of flowery declarative statement about, you know, for tens of thousands of years, Aboriginal people were here, custodians of the land. That kind of language is not being proposed. It is really a limited statement that people will vote on as to whether there should or should not be a voice to the parliament. Some people are saying that that might create a third chamber, that we have our House of Reps, we have our Senate, and then we'll have another chamber there. I heard some people saying this just anecdotally over my holidays, that this will lead to one law for Indigenous Australians and one for us. I don't. That's people's fear. Yes, yeah, so, and that was articulated by Malcolm Turnbull and then by Scott Morrison. We don't want a third chamber of parliament. That was why they, they knocked this out when the uh, statement from the heart came on their watch. Uh, as Linda Burney, who's the Aboriginal Affairs Minister, Indigenous Australians Minister, says it is a voice to parliament. It is not a voice in parliament. So it is, it, it, it doesn't have any veto power over, over legislation, nor in fact does it have any, uh, any program uh, duties. APSEC, if people go back long ago, was an Aboriginal organisation that was set up, but it was had the task of delivering programs to people to improve their lives in a variety of ways. That is not part of what this is. It is literally a, a group. Uh, we don't know the final form of it, but the, the suggestion is it'll be about 24 people from around the country representing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people from the states and territories and the Torres Strait itself and that they will, where there are policy matters that affect Indigenous Australians, they will have a voice to Parliament, but also to the executive government, in which they'll simply advise. That sounds reasonable. Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. So why is Peter Dutton muddying the waters with this? Well, there's a couple of things about it. One is that, so he's saying, oh, look, we don't know all the detail about this yet, and the government needs to give us lots of detail so that people know what they're, um, you know what they're voting on the government's position, which I've got to say they haven't been that they haven't been that effective at, at at making this case, is that this is a two part process. Australians, each citizen, has the duty and the responsibility to vote in the referendum that's coming. But what you're voting on, what we are voting on, is the principle as to whether this voice should exist or should not exist. The fine detail is a matter for Parliament. And there's a reason for that. It's kind of technical in law. And that is that if it goes into the Constitution, it's then pretty hard to get it out of the Constitution unless you have another referendum. So you don't want to put every little bit of the detail in that, mm. because if you think some aspect of it doesn't work, you've got to go back and have another referendum to change it. Whereas if the voice itself is more or less permanent in the Constitution subject to a later referendum, it means that you can tinker. Parliament can say, well, this bit isn't working. Do we need 24? Should we expand that to 36? Should we reduce it to eight people on the voice? This sort of stuff. Parliament can deal with that and represent the will of the people at any time. But I don't think that's been particularly well carried forward. No, it was like that Republican debate we had where we we just said, do you want to be a republic? Would have been a much easier question than fighting over the details. Australians, we are the best at plain speak. And I don't know what happened where we just disappear into word salad. You know, what you just said there, Hugh, I support that fully. You know, I, I support that fully. But you, I've read this thing a million times. It just There's so many words in there. It's, it's, but it won't be in the referendum. No. The words are in the statement. So the referendum, if we just pincer that down, the referendum will... Should they have a voice? Yes, that's it. Hugh, well, you, where are you when we have our where, family arguments? Why aren't you running the country, <laughs> Hugh? <laughs> 
Yeah, well, look, I just sit there reporting it. It's easy. <laughs> Hugh, thank you very much. Thank you. All the best. Great to talk to you. Hugh Ruins in there. 10 News first airs 5pm on 10 and 10 play. That's where you'll see Hugh.